that we are doing spiritual, that we are praying so without season. We thank you for ideas day. in every aspect of our lives. We thank you for ideas in our ministry, in our no career, in our relationships, in our finances, in our health, in all that concerns us. We thank you for grace, for energy, for strength, that every idea Lord, that you have given to us, we execute them excellently. We thank you that you are ever-present help in times of trouble. We thank you for boldness. We thank you for courage. We thank you for that we can call you our Father. And most importantly, we thank you that you call us your children. We pray that may Christ alone continually be exalted in our lives and in our discussion tonight. In the name of our Lord Jesus, amen. We thank you for this opportunity and we are continuing our study. I hope... We are still consistently praying the six topics that God gave us. And I hope that whichever talent that God has given to us, we are working. So tonight we are continuing our series that we started last week. And we want to invite Benji, even as he continues with our discussion on forgiveness. Okay, um, thank you very much for this opportunity. It's our prayer that at the end of the study, the name of the Lord will be exalted. Yeah, so... Today is another day, and it is a day the Lord has made. Indeed, you would rejoice and be glad in it. We'd like to continue our study that we began last week about forgiveness. By the grace of God, we're able to throw some light on some aspects of forgiveness and we're able to delve into the various meanings of forgiveness. Um, we looked at some of the Hebrew and then the Greek meanings of forgiveness. Today we want to continue. I want to look at a classical case study and it is centered around um, Saul and then David. Yeah, so we want to straight away go into the word of God. And I want us to start um, reading from the book of 1 Samuel chapter 16 verse 14 to 23 yeah so i'm sure um, most of us or i want to believe that most of us are quite familiar with the story about saul and then david particularly david um, one of the major kings in the old testament and his battle with the goliath is one of the most um, popular stories of the bible here yeah. But today we will not be looking at that one, we are looking at um, a story between King David and then King Saul. Yes, um, yeah, so if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to the book of First Samuel chapter 16, verse 14. I want to look at how forgiveness um, played a role in this 
story. Okay, so in the beginning, um, Sina, this um, scripture talks about the first time that um, Saul met David. Yes, so um, previously to this story, um, David had already been anointed by Prophet Samuel, as in God had chosen David to become the next king after Saul had disobeyed God. Yes, so what we are going to look at will be as to how um, the mystery unravels from the time David met Saul to the time um, Saul checks out of the scene. That is when he goes to the grave. Yes. So first of all, chapter 16, verse 14 says, okay, let me start from the verse 13. Since then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Verse 14. But the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servant said unto him, Behold, now an evil spirit from the Lord troubleth thee. Let our Lord now command thy servants, which are before thee, to come seek out a man who is a cunning player on an harp. And it shall come to pass, when the evil spirit from the Lord is upon thee, that he shall play with his hands, and thou shalt be well. Yes, so as I stated early on, it was right after um, Samuel had anointed David to be the next king of Israel. I don't know if it was a coincidence, but immediately after the anointing service, if I should say, the um, Bible says in the verse 14 that the Spirit of the Lord also departed from Saul. And then an evil spirit from the Lord came to torment Saul. And this scripture has a whole lot of um, debates and whole lot about it here, yeah, but we don't want to delve into it. When you look at other versions, I think um, the message says replaces it with the evil spirit with a bad mood. Yes, King, King James says an evil spirit. Um, message also says it's a bad mood. Uh, I don't want to look much into that. So I want to continue reading. Verse 17 says, And Saul said unto his servants, Provide me now a man that can play well and bring him to me. Then answered one of the servants and said, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, that is cunning in play, and a mighty, valiant man, and a man of war, and prudent in matters, and a comely person, and the Lord is with him. And I want us to take note of this phrase, thus, and the Lord is with him. Verse 19, Wherefore Saul sent messengers unto Jesse, and said, Send me David thy son, which is with sheep. Yes, so now Saul, or the Spirit of the Lord has departed from Saul, and Saul is now being tormented by demons. And the elders of Israel suggest to Saul that he should look for a man who is skilled or cunning, a cunning player. Yes, someone who is skilled in music. And anytime Saul has that evil spirit tormenting him, he would let that player play the music and then he would um, be relieved, yes. I don't know um, how this um, act, because when you look through, I think someone was speaking about this before, when you look through the Old Testament, you never see an instance where a demon was being cast out of 
anybody. It was this incident that brought us close to um, Gilmon being casted out. That is David playing the half for us not to be lived off the demons that were being tormented yeah, of him. Okay, so we want to continue. Verse 26. And Jesse took an ass laden with bread and a bottle of wine and a kid and sent them by David his son unto Saul. Verse 21. And David came to Saul and he stood before him. And he loved him greatly and he became his armor bearer. So immediately David was sent to Saul at the first sight. The Bible says that Saul loved him greatly and immediately he made him his armor bearer. Verse 22. And Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Let David, I pray thee, stand before me, for he had found favor in my sight. And it came to pass, when the evil spirit from the Lord was upon Saul, that David took an harp and played with his hands. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirits departed from him. So it was quite um, fascinating how any time that the evil spirits came, to so um, David was able to play his harp, was able to play his music on the harp. The Bible says that Saul was refreshed and also the spirits departed from him. Okay, so we want to move on to chapter 17. But chapter 17 basically talks about the famous story that's David and Goliath, and we don't want to delve much into that. So I want to move on to chapter 18. Yes, and what actually happened is that um, after what began the brawl or the fight between Saul and David was the fight that they had between David and Goliath. So after David won the fight, um, even though everyone was happy, the chance that came from the people, especially the women, that was what brought or began the misunderstanding between Saul and David. Oh, that was what provoked the anger of Saul. Yeah, I think that's a much better way to put it. Yes. So, first Samuel chapter 18, verse 5. It says, And David went out where whithersoever Saul went, sent him, and behaved himself wisely. I also want to take note of this phrase, that behaved himself wisely. And Saul set him over the men of war. And he was accepted in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. So after David had won that great victory for Israel, Saul made him more of like a captain over his people, over the men of war. Yes, and he was accepted by almost everyone in Israel. Verse 6 says, And it came to pass as they came, when David was returning from the slaughter of the Philistine, that the woman came out of all cities of Israel, singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tablets, with joy and with instruments of music. And the women answered one another as they played and said, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. I want to take the verse of it again. It says, and the women answered one another as they played and said, Saul had slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. So this was after the war or the battle between David and Goliath. After they were returning, it was more of a custom that any time a nation won battles, 
the people of their city usually come out to sing and then dance and rejoice about the victory that they had gained. Yeah. This time when they came, the song that we were singing was that Saul has slain thousand, but David has slain ten thousand. So let's see how things pan out. Verse 8 is, And Saul was very wroth, and the saying displeased him. And he said, They have ascribed unto David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed but thousands. And what can he have more but the kingdom? So it looked like Saul was not aware that David had been anointed to be the king of Israel. And but Samuel had already told him, that was when you read the previous verses or the previous chapter, Samuel had told him um, there was a scenario between Saul and Samuel that um, after Saul had disobeyed God, Samuel came to warn him about what he had done and he still didn't or he refused to listen to him. So as um, Samuel was leaving, Saul tried to hold him and then he tore the garments of um, Prophet Samuel. And Prophet Samuel told him that just as he has tore the garment, that is the same way that God is going to tear the kingdom away from him and then his family. Yes, that was what Saul knew. But I don't think Saul knew that David was actually had actually been anointed to become the next king of Israel, even though he would know about that one later, yes. So it was the song that the women sang, that was what actually sparked the displacement, or that was actually started um, the hatred that Saul began to have for David. So I want to continue, verse 9 says, And Saul eyed David from that day forward. Verse 10 says that, so this was right after the battle after they had David had slain Goliath. So verse 10, it says, And it came to pass on the morrow that evil spirit from God came upon Saul, and he prophesied in the midst of the house. And this verse is also um, quite interesting that after the evil spirit had come upon Saul, the Bible says that he prophesied. And it's, it's quite interesting as to how evil spirits is able to make a man to prophesy. I think when you look at other versions, let's look at the NIV. So, yeah, the NIV also uses the same diction. This is the next day, an evil spirit from God came forcefully on Saul, and he was prophesying in the house. Let's look at the Amplified Bible. Okay, Amplified says, Now it came about on the next day that an evil spirit came from God. An evil spirit from God came forthly on Saul, and he raved madly inside his house. So, AMP doesn't use Professor, AMP uses uh, raved, raved madly, yes. So I think I'll leave that one to us and then we'll try and then research on that what that scripture actually means was so actually prophesying by an evil spirit or was he raving as the amp bible was saying so let's continue this and david played with his hands as at other times and there was a javelin in saul's hand so unlikely for david as or in the instance where the evil spirit came upon uh, Saul, Saul had a javelin or a spear in his hands, 
and that was when David was also playing because anytime the spirit came upon so David was supposed to be around so that he plays the music so that Saul Saul's soul will be refreshed and the naval spirit will depart from it. Verse 11 he says and Saul cast the javelin for he said I will smite David even to the war with it and David avoided out of his presence twice. So there was a first instance the evil spirit came on Saul and Saul tried to kill David with the spear that he had in his hands and it happened for the second time. One thing I want us to also um, deliberate about is that was Saul acting in that way because the evil spirits came upon him or it was an intentional deed that he had planned. I think as we go on with the study, we would eventually find out. Okay. Verse 12 says, And Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him and was departed from Saul. So Saul, as the days went by, he became afraid of David because he knew that now God was with David and then he and God had actually left him. Or God had taken his spirit away from him. So now when I read the verse 13, he says, Therefore Saul removed him from him and made him his captain over a thousand, and he went out and came in before the people. So when we read the or when we read the previous verse in chapter 18, it says the first in chapter 16, it says when David first met Saul, Saul loved him at that instant because he had favor in his sight. Saul made him his armor bearer and made him to be with him at all times. And just a few days after they had met, now Saul demotes David from being the captain of his men of war to a captain over just thousand men and it's, it's quite interesting so let's see what happens verse 14 says and david behaved himself wisely in all his ways and the lord was with him and this is one thing that i say we should take note of out of everything that was um, unraveling david bible says that david acted himself wisely so now david knows that he's supposed to be the next king of Israel and now he's with the current king of Israel and this king is trying to kill him. He made him his armor bearer, he made him to stay in the palace but now because of um, the praise that the woman of Israel gave to him, Saul became displeased with him. Saul tries to kill him twice. It wasn't like a mere act. He actually, this was a matter of life and death. So actually tried to kill him twice. The Bible says that David behaved himself wisely in all his ways and the Lord was with him. So if, let me say, if it was before his time, I don't think that I would have been in the presence of Saul again because this is a man who wants to literally like kill you. He wants to murder you. But David was able to act out of wisdom and we will see in the coming chapters that David, um, he obeyed Saul even to the very last. He didn't um, disobey Saul because he thought Saul wanted to kill him or he also planned a way to um, kill Saul because he had actually been anointed to become the next king of Israel. So I mean, he could have just killed Saul and then ascend to the throne. But the Bible says that David behaved himself 
wisely. So I just want us to take note of this advice that um, in our daily work, there are certain things, or maybe you'll be at your workplace, you'll be at your school or anywhere in an institution, and there might be some people who will be trying to pick on you. Maybe somebody would intentionally try to get on your nerves day in and then day out. And one of the ways to live in such environments is acting as David did, as the Bible said that to me. He behaved himself wisely. So you actually need wisdom when you are going through certain circumstances. You actually need wisdom, yes. I would say that wisdom is profitable to direct. So I want to admonish us at any time we find ourselves in these wanting circumstances and situations, we should seek for wisdom from the Lord. We should seek from wisdom from the Lord. Okay, so let's continue with our story. All right, so verse 15. Wherefore, when Saul saw that he behaved himself very wisely, he was afraid of him. And this made Saul very fearful as the days went by because this is a man he is trying to kill. But anytime he orders David to do something, David is obedient to him. He is quick enough to do every task that Saul had given to him. And Saul knew that this is a man that I want to kill. And you don't expect that from somebody who has become your enemy. Yes. Even though Saul saw David as an enemy, David saw Saul as the rightful king of Israel. And until God has taken Saul from the throne, David knew that he had no hand in trying or forcefully maneuvering his way onto the throne of Israel. Yes. So verse 17, it says, And Saul said to David, Behold, my elder daughter, Mirab, here will I give thee to wife. Only be thou valiant for me, and fight the Lord's battle. For Saul said, Let not my hand be upon him, but let the hand of the Philistines be upon him. So at that instance, the Philistines were the arch enemies, or they were the arch rivals of Israel. And over the years, they had tormented the lives of Israel until they had King Saul coming in the scene, and then he was able to win some victories for them over the Philistines. So Saul saw this as an opportunity like there was a constant battle between them and so saw this as an opportunity that if he's able to um, send david onto the battlefield most of the times in one of the instances the philistines might be able to kill him so that it won't be like he actually killed david but actually he died from the battlefield yes so so was trying to put a snare or is trying to trap David by saying that he will give his daughter to David if he is able to go for battles for him. So that if he goes to battle and then he dies, then it won't be like it was all that killed him, but it was David died a natural death from the battlefield or from war. Verse 18, And David said unto Saul, Who am I and what is my life or my father's family in Israel? that I should be son-in-law to the king. But it came to pass at the time when Mirab, Saul's daughter, should have been given to David, that she was given unto Adriel, the Meholatite, to wife. So eventually Saul swerved David here too, and then he gave the daughter to a different person. Verse 20, it says, And Michal, Saul's daughter, loved David. And they told Saul and 
the thing pleased him, and Saul said, I will give him her, that she may be a snare to him, and that the hand of the Philistines may be, be against him. Wherefore Saul said to David, Thou shalt this day be my son-in-law, in the one of the twain. And Saul commanded his servant, saying, Commune with David secretly, and say, Behold, the king had delights in thee, and all the servants loved thee. Now therefore be the king's son-in-law. So after Saul had given his other daughter to someone to marry, he had another daughter who was called Michal, and the Bible says that this woman loved David. And Saul saw this as an opportunity to use his daughter as a snare or as a trap to get David. So he sent his elders that they should tell David that he wants him to be his son-in-law. So let's see how things go. Verse 23 says, And Saul's servants speak those words in the ears of David. And David said, Submit it to you a light thing to be a king's son-in-law, seeing that I am a poor man and lightly esteemed. And the servants also told him, saying, On this manner, speak David. So as I said in the verse 14, we saw the Bible saying that David behaved himself wisely. And here again, David was acting out of humility because David actually knew where he was coming from. He said that he came from a very poor background and now the king wants him to be his son-in-law. It wasn't something that he took lightly. Yes. Verse 25 says, And Saul said, Thus shall he say to David, The king desired not a dowry, but an hundred false kings of the Philistines to be avenged of the king's enemies. But Saul thought to make David fall by the hand of the Philistines. So I said this previously that Saul actually wanted to find a way to kill David, but he didn't want to do him by himself now. He wanted to use the Philistines as a tool to kill David. So as most of us know that anytime you are going to hand or you are going to marry a lady that was supposed to present a diary to the family. This time around, so trying to use her daughter as a trap to David that he doesn't want a diary. But what he wants is a four skins of 100 Philistines. And I mean, this is quite interesting because why, why would you need, what would you use the four skins of Philistines? What would you use it for? So clearly you could see Saul's intention that he actually wanted to kill David. Yes, but as the scripture said that the Lord was with David. So let's see what happens next. Verse 26, it says, And when his servants told David this verse, it pleased David well to be the king's son-in-law, and the days were not expired. So David also saw this as a very good opportunity because, as I said, he knew where he was coming from. He knew his background. He came from a very poor background. He came from a very insignificant family from Israel. And now he has been anointed to become king. And not only that, he also has the opportunity to become the reigning king's son-in-law. So they said when they told David about this challenge, uh, David was pleased with it. And I'm sure David knew that in himself that this was even a small challenge because this is a man who has slain a nine-feeted giant. So getting the four skins of 100 men was nothing 
difficult for him. Verse 27 says, Verse 27 he says, Wherefore David arose and went, he and his men, and slew the Philistines, 200 men. And David brought their four skins, and they gave them in full tale to the king, that he might be the king's son in law. And so gave him Michal, his daughter, to wife. So as I said, David saw this as uh, a quite easier challenge. King Saul wanted 100 foreskins, but David actually gave him 200 foreskins so that he could get the cow to be his wife. And I think this is one classical example of what Jesus Christ spoke about in Matthew chapter 5, verse 39. When you read that scripture, it talks about this famous scripture that most of us are aware of Jesus Christ was saying if somebody slaps you on one cheek turn the other cheek if someone asks or a soldier compels you to go a mile with him go two miles with him yes so in this scenario Kenzo wanted 104 skins David actually gave him 204 skins that's just by the way so let's go so first Samuel chapter 18 verse 20 it says and Saul saw and knew that the Lord was with David and that because Saul's daughter loved him. And Saul was yet the more afraid of David. And Saul became David's enemy continually. Okay. So from what, we, what we've read so far, um, you've seen that Saul had been plotting time and again to kill David. When you move on to chapter 19, verse 1, you see that Saul again commands. Now he even commanded Jonathan and all his servants to kill David. And mind you, Jonathan was one important, so he was a very pivotal friend in the life of David. Um, I didn't, I forgot to say this, but when you actually read the chapter 18, verse one, Bible speaks of how the soul of David and Jonathan were knit together. I think we touched on this when we were doing um, a series on love, yes. But I want to just touch on it again. So first Samuel chapter 8 verse 1 says, And it came to pass, when he had made an end of the speaking unto Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. So Jonathan was a very good friend of David, more of like even brothers, like brothers from another mother. And when you read verse 19, he says that Saul was trying to convince Jonathan and his servants that he should kill David. So Saul was actually eager to kill David, and it's quite interesting. So let's let's continue from the verse 19. It says, And Saul speak to Jonathan, his son, and to all his servants, that they should kill David. But Jonathan, Saul's son, delighted much in David. And Jonathan told David, saying, Saul, my father, seeketh to kill thee. Now therefore I pray thee, take heed to thyself unto the morning and abide in the secret place and hide thyself. I will go out and stand beside my father in the field where thou art, and I will commune with my father of thee. And what I see, that will I tell thee. And Jonathan spake good of David unto Saul, his father, and said unto him, Let not the king sin against his servant, against David, because he had not sinned against thee. And because his works have been to thee what very good. For he did put his life in his hand, 
and slew the Philistine, and the Lord wrought a great salvation for Israel. Thou sawest it, and didst rejoice. Wherefore then wilt thou sin against nose and blood to slay David without a cause? And so hearkened unto the voice of Jonathan, and so swear, as the Lord liveth, he shall not be slain. So it's interesting that we've seen in the previous verses how Saul was eager to kill David. And now Jonathan, as I stated, that he was a very good friend of David who even loved him as his own soul was the son of Saul. So he tried to speak to his father about David, saying that David was actually guiltless. This is a man who has been able to go to war and then wrought a great victory for Israel. So why should you can Saul try to kill him? And the Bible says in the verse that Saul actually swore that he wasn't going to kill David. But we will see in the coming verses that it, the swearing was in vain. So actually went on in different ways to try and then murder David. So we want to skip to the verse 9. It says, And the evil spirit from the Lord was upon Saul as he sat in his house with his javelin in his hands. And it's quite interesting that any time that Saul, the evil spirit came upon Saul, he had his spear in his hands. And as usual, David will be there to play his music. This and David played with his hands, and Saul sought to smite David even to the wall with the javelin. But he slipped out of Saul's presence, and he smote the javelin into the wall. And David fled and escaped that night. So, if if you've seen a spear before, you'll be quite fascinated because the Bible says that when Saul um, through the spear, David was able to escape and the spear got stuck into the wall. So you could imagine the with which Saul was planning to kill David with. Like he was very eager to make sure that he sends David to his grave. So all that we are trying to say, when you read in the other verses, you would find out that Saul had planned on many and several ways to kill David and in one of the instances it was actually David's wife that was Mika who was also Saul's daughter who saved David because he realized that Saul wanted to kill David so he told Saul that David is actually ill and he's in bed so they should come and then see him but he had already planned with David that his father wants to kill him so he made David escape out in the night and then Saul sends his servants that they should go and then capture David because he's ill. And they should bring David and let him kill him himself on his deathbed. But David had already escaped. When you read the verse 21, so what I'm trying to say is that David also made, he actually tormented the life of David before he checked out of the scene. In First Samuel chapter 21, David had to escape into the land of Philistine. And he met one of his enemies that was King Akish. And because of that, David had to act like a madman so that he could escape from the land of Philistine. So David didn't have it that easy. This is someone who had been actually anointed to be the next king of Israel. And this reigning king, who is your father in law, is trying or is, is, is in a hot pursuit to 
kill you but david as the bible said that he acted himself or he behaved himself wisely and he was able to he never lifted up his hands onto Saul. so i want us to also look at how things or the mystery was unraveled because there's a time that the tables began to turn so david the tables actually turned i want us to look at these two short verses and then we'll end here so first samuel chapter 24 says and it came to pass when saul was returned from following the philistines and it was told him saying behold david is in the waters of engedi then saul took three thousand men out of israel and went to seek david and his men upon the rocks of the wild goats verse 4 says and the men of david said unto him okay verse 3 and he came to the sheep goats by the way where was a cave and so went in to cover his feet and david and his men remained in the side of the cave so somebody came to inform kenzo that he had seen david in the wilderness of Engedi. so saul also took his men and then they went to meet him but i would say that saul was actually going to relieve himself so he went into a cave and what happened was that when they saw that saul had moved away from his soldiers the men of david told him that this is the day that the lord has delivered your enemy into your hand because saul had been in a hot pursuit on david he had actually been chasing david from city to city from town to town and now he comes into the wilderness and saul is alone he is trying to ease himself and David and his men are also close by in the cave and Saul is alone. So this is a perfect opportunity for David to just end the life of Saul and then end all his sorrows and miseries. And this is what his men were suggesting to him. So the verse 4 says, And the men of David said unto him, Behold, the day of which the Lord said unto thee, Behold, I will deliver thy enemy into thy hand, that thou mayest do to him as it shall seem good unto thee. Then David arose and cut off the skirts of Saul's wood privately. And it came to pass afterward that David's heart smote him because he had cut off Saul's skirts. So David actually did this to um, show King Saul. Or the Bible said that David, when he met Saul, Saul didn't see that David was around. So David cut just a portion of his garments. And then he later went, when we the and seeing verses, you see, David left the scene and later he called on to Saul. He bowed on him and he showed him the piece of the garment that he had cut to show so that he actually had the opportunity to kill him, but he didn't do it. And wants us to look at the very words that David spoke. The verse 11 says, Moreover, my father, see here the skirt of thy robe in my hand, for in that I cut off the skirt of thy robe and kill thee not know thou and see that there is neither evil nor transgression in my hand and i have not sinned against thee yet thou huntest my soul to take it verse 12 says the lord judge between me and thee and the lord avenge me of thee but my hand shall not be upon thee I want to repeat the verse 12 again. It says, The Lord judge between me and thee, and the Lord avenge me of thee, but my hand shall not be upon thee. So it's quite intriguing because this is David who has had a perfect opportunity to just end everything. But 
David just he just cut off the skirt of his garments and then he went on to tell so that he actually had opportunity to kill him but he is not going to do that because he knew that Saul was an anointed king of God and he didn't want to end his life. If God had actually taken the kingdom from him, he knows that his time is going to come. So he's not going to force his way. And this is a man that has been trying to kill David, but David never lifted up his hand against him. And when you read First Samuel chapter 26, he also had another opportunity. This time, Saul was actually asleep with his javelin and then with his jack, yes. And then David actually sneaked into the camp of Saul and he took the javelin and then jack of King Saul. This time around, he even went with one of his men called Abishai and Abishai actually told David that if David is unable to kill Saul, let him, Abishai, actually do the killing. He's just going to strike the king with just uh, one you just strike him once with his spear and everything is going to end. But David again, out of that heart of forgiveness, he just took the spear and then left the scene. And later he called on to Saul and told him that this is the second time that he had had an opportunity to kill him, but actually he didn't. But I want us to look at this last scripture before we end today's episode. First Samuel chapter 26, verse 10. It says, David said, this was after David had sneaked into the camp of Saul. They were asleep. It says, David said, Furthermore, as the Lord liveth, the Lord shall smite him, or his day shall come to die, or he shall descend into battle and perish. So David knew that, irrespective of what Saul had done to him, he never or he was not supposed to lift up his hands against King Saul because he knew that if actually God had taken the kingdom from him, that's King Saul, he knew that there's a time going to come that it is either the Lord is who is going to smite King Saul or his day is going to come that he's going to die or he is going to descend into battle and then he's going to perish. But David actually never lifted up his hands against King Saul. And we will know from but when you read on in the other chapters, you know that King Saul actually died in battle and David was able to ascend onto the throne. So David actually tempered justice with mercy. And when you actually sit down and then go through the story, you know that this is not an easy task because this is a man that pursued David for a long time. He got to a point where even one of the priests called Ahimelech who helps David. In one of the scenarios, Saul actually went to the place and then he slew all the priests, about 86 priests. Saul killed all of them because he helped David. So Saul had done a whole lot of things and as David had the opportunity to kill him, he was supposed to just finish him off. But David, out of a heart of forgiveness, David actually left Saul. And then the day of reckoning actually came. And Saul died in battle. And one thing I just want us to take note of is that irrespective of whatever we are going through, you know that um, we are going through situations, people are going to offend us day in and day out. There are certain things that some people have done on to us that we are actually finding it 
very difficult to forgive. In our next episode, we'll actually look at this saying that if you forgive someone, are you supposed to also forget it? We actually look at the meaning of that phrase that are you supposed to forgive and then also forget as well. Yeah, but all I'm trying to say is that irrespective of what we are going through, irrespective of what someone has done to you, um, the best thing that we can do is to forgive the person. Because looking at or judging from this scripture or from this study, this is a man who has actually been trying to like kill David on several occasions. He was trying to kill David, but David never retaliated what Saul had wanted to do to him. This was a bona fide enemy of David, but David actually left Saul and then Saul went on to die in battle. So I'm just trying to admonish us that the best revenge that we can give to anyone who has hurt us is forgiveness, yes. And there's a scripture that talks about God saying that vengeance is his and what actually happens is that when someone hates you, you revenging or you avenging will in no way replace what you've lost. Let's say somebody kills maybe your father or mother or a family member. If you avenge the person's blood, it's not going to bring back what you have lost. So there's no point in even avenging in the first place. There's no point in avenging the first place because vengeance belongs unto God. So it's actually our responsibility to forgive anyone who hurts us and then let God decide on what is going to happen to that person. Because that's what David said in this scenario, that he's going to leave the situation to God. And true and true, as David predicted, that the day of Saul was going to come. And on the day of reckoning, Saul died in battle. So I just want to admonish us that we should always temper justice with mercy. And also learn to forgive, irrespective of what someone has done to hurt us. The best revenge that we can give or we can have is forgiveness. So surely I want us to pray and thank God for his word for us this evening. We want us to pray and then ask God for a heart like David irrespective of what we are going through or the things that we go through irrespective of the offenses that are going to come onto us Jesus Christ said that sufficient for the day is the evil thereof and the offenses are going to come but we always want to pray that just as the Lord has been merciful unto us we also be merciful unto others just that the Lord forgives us of our sins, may He grant us our hearts to forgive others. And we ask that the Lord will grant us that grace to live out His life, to live and follow Jesus Christ. So Father, we are much grateful unto you. We thank you for your word unto us. We ask that you grant us that heart of forgiveness. You grant us that sense of mercy. You grant us that principle within to always follow your lead, to always have that wisdom, to act just as David acted. In the end, we'll give you all the glory. We thank you for what you've done for us. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray it. Amen. Amen. God bless you so much for joining us every week. 
keep inviting your friends. We appreciate your presence on all the podcast platform and on the Telegram channel. See you next week. And remember to give God your best and to make sure that you owe no man nothing this day and forevermore. But love. See you next week. And bye-bye.